as a parent, we have multiple jobs. I feel like we're always putting on different hats, right? Mm-hmm. I wear more hats. Just kidding. I wear more literal hats. <laughs> and Selena wears more. Lately, hats. I've worn more literal hats. Some of them have been yours. <laughs> Anyways, we are going to talk about what is our one job as a parent? I have all these roles, all these responsibilities, but if you distill it down, what is your one job as a parent? Can you answer that? And it's not what you think. So you have to wait and watch on the other side. But what if I'm listening to the podcast? How can I watch? Go to YouTube and subscribe. <laughs> That's how you can watch. <laughs> or you can keep listening. You're still welcome, podcaster. They were there. Podcasters were there before the YouTube. And I must say, we have. It's true. Right? So, so you're the OG yeah. fierce parents of the world. Podcast I prefer listeners. the podcast, but speaking that's just of me. OG, okay, this actually is the first episode of what is to unfold as season two <laughs> of Fierce Parenting. So we've been around for a year Woo. on the parenting side. Yes. On the marriage side, if you haven't found that, we're actually opening up with season six today when we record. Boom. Can you believe that? Nope. God has been faithful. Um so good. It's really cool to see the the uh, listenership growing. So we just want to, I guess, just thank God for that. It's yeah. by his grace. It is uh, it is as he wills it yeah. that we are able to do this week in and week out. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, thank you for those who have actually left comments on the podcast. Nice on the comments. On, Nice comments, yeah, on the <laughs> podcast and also on the YouTube channel. Yeah. I just love that stuff because we, otherwise you kind of feel like you're... you're uh, sp- kind of out there. <laughs> yeah, and you're like just speaking well, out into the ether, into and, a vacuum, and you're just praying yeah. and trusting that God will use... The efforts for his good. I'm always grateful for some of the questions that come out of our conversations as well, yeah. because I think it it helps other listeners and it helps us as just presenting this, I guess, to get to get, get more texture and to go into more depth on certain topics or certain areas. So thanks for always asking yeah. questions, sending questions, um, digging a little deeper with us. We really appreciate that. So, and I will say this: we're just again, if the Lord wills it. We are just getting started. Mm-hmm. We are working on there's actually four books in the works that are part of a children's book series we're working on. That we'll tell you more about that. Uh, they're going to be great. We're mm-hmm. in the illustration process. I, I'm excited for them. You're excited for them. Can you know more if you become a patron? Uh, sure. <laughs> I thought that was part of it. Maybe not. Actually, so if you I'm are making a patron, empty promises here. <laughs> if you're a patron on the on the marriage side, yeah, you will know more, and we'll have to. We're going to migrate. Eventually, when I have time, the parenting <laughs> over to the marriage, it'll be all one community, and we'll share all those details, and you'll have first access to those sorts of things. Yeah. Also, events. We don't have any schedule, and Selena's like, what? We're having a baby in like I five months. I got an event coming. <laughs> so we got an event coming. <laughs> Late January, 2023. Yeah. Frederick Baby number 4 is making their grand entrance into the world. Uh, no, but events will be on the horizon, so uh, if you want to be part of that, join the community, fierceparenting.com slash partner. There's some uh, information there. Uh, we just love doing this, so we pray that it blesses you. Selena's got a book in her heart and in her mind that I can't wait to just extract. Every time I try to write a book, I get pregnant. That's how I get her to write books. That's his fault. That's gotta, his fault. Gotta, so gotta. the purpose of today's episode is to lead our children back to the person of Christ and the good news of the gospel. How, through answering this question, what is your one job as a parent? Yeah, so I, I, I try to envision, okay, if you're listening watching this, what will you think kind of automatically, okay? Or what will we think automatically? As if you're a Christian parent, obviously you're listening to a Christian parenting podcast, you care about it. Mm -hmm. Say, 
ask you, what's your one job as a parent? The reaction is most likely going to be, the response is most likely going to be, well, to disciple my child or some variation of that. Teach and train my children in the things of God. Yeah. Ideally something, yeah, I need to to somehow pass on this faith to Uh them, this worldview that is the very center of our universe, and that's the person and work of Christ. But but is there a way to say that that kids would understand? Because what happens is I feel like we when we're in the middle of the parenting battles, the day-to-day parenting battles, when our two-year-old is whining because she's asked for candy for the 75th time for of the day. potty training, okay? So there was some candy involved as of late. I feel like she was <laughs> she was doling out her number twos in phases. Seriously. <laughs> so she could get like, instead of just one piece of candy, she'd get like seven. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she's I don't like kid. this game you're playing. <laughs> I will not be a pawn. But when we have to say, and obviously we're training right now, so it's a different story, but we have to say no sometimes, or mm-hmm. we have to discipline and instruct, and they may not know the context for that. Yeah. And so in our household, should I say what in our household? Yeah, for do? the Frederick home, our job, you should say it because, and I'm going to share my piece on when you first said it to our children when they were really young. I was like, yeah, so this, just so somebody, this is going to land, and it, and it might reaction. land, yeah, sorry, yeah, talking over each other. Sorry. This might land in a place that is, I don't know. Just say so it. When our we'll kids, are, when they're in the middle of a, uh, of a learning moment, and say I, I want them to go to bed, right? And they're whining about not not wanting to go to bed. <laughs> and I and I square off with them, and I get down, you know, on one knee, and I'm talking to them, and I say, "Do you trust me?" And they say, "Yeah, I trust you," because <laughs> they know that's the only answer. Right? <laughs> they don't want to have a longer lecture. And then I say, "Okay, what's Dad's number one job?" And this is something they rehearsed, and I've said it to them over and over again. But the answer is to maximize your joy. Right. My number one job is to maximize your joy. Okay. Now, bef- we're going to go into what that means. And you know <laughs> Before us. Before you so say that charity. anymore, yeah. Not, and when you say rehearse, it's not like he had them say it every time. I mean, he did kind of have them repeat it, but he has them repeat it in these these moments, these teachable moments, and even on the mountaintop highs of what is our what is our job, what is our role as a parent. Now, this is something that we've defined as Ryan and Selena, the Frederick parents, right? But when I first kind of heard him say this, I was like, you know, it kind of sounds like you're trying to make them happy all the time at no matter what, at what cost. It doesn't matter. Just any expense. Just make them happy. I mean, you can listen to our parenting styles episode a few back. There's a reason why I use the word joy, not happy. but Right. (laughs) However, clearly, (laughs) this is not the case. So how can you maximize your joy? And I want to kind of give an example of this. Maximizing your joy, those words are not something that we want you to take and then imprint onto your own family. Like that might be something that you you gravitate towards. But our, we, we based this on scripture mm-hmm. and we wanted something simple and strategic, straightforward, that kids could refer back to, could understand. An example of something like this, like motto, I guess that's a, the better, the only word sort of for it was, when I was playing basketball in high school, you guys probably heard this term, what, offense wins games and defense <laughs> wins championships, Yeah, you're right? right? Um, and rebounds win something else. But there was something else they in win there the world. That, that my coach would say. <laughs> but clearly you're not – so when you're practicing these hard, you know, complicated plays over and over or you're about to just fall over and throw up because you've been doing defense for so long – the reason why you're doing these comes to mind. Like, we're trying to win games. We're going to win games with this defense. And then when you actually win the game, the coach says, how did we win this game? And you're like, with defense, you know, and how did we? And so it's something that kids can grab onto. And as they grow older, you know, as parents of younger children, we are still kind of 
drawing those lines of, okay, we're here to maximize your joy. The way that that plays out in practice is that we are drawing these lines from the problem, this whatever, our fear, anything you're dealing with, mm-hmm. your fear, we are drawing that line straight for you to the gospel. We are try- drawing it straight to Jesus. How does Jesus help us or how do we, how can we approach yeah. a fear when we know that Jesus is for us and nothing can stand against us? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. How are we bringing scripture and bringing Christ into whatever it is they're dealing with? And ultimately that will maximize their joy. Well, it's, and that's why the, the progression goes, do you, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. What, and Okay, so you trust me to look out for you. And what am I looking out for? I'm looking out for jo- your joy. And how am I looking out for your joy? Right. I'm teaching you that when obedience to and trust yeah. are the paths to joy. Yes. And the yeah. and 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 by not just my obedience, not just my trust, but you know, child, that everything that I'm instructing you in is rooted in the God of the Bible, namely Jesus Christ and what he's taught. Right. And he will be the source of your joy. Um and so when you learn to obey us as your parents, right. you are in a way learning to trust and obey the Lord so that when those lines are not as clear or when you you're, then know your way to the Lord yourself absolutely. and your way to obedience yourself. Absolutely. Uh, and this is rooted, and it kind of came from, it's influenced by John Piper. You may be familiar, but he wrote, he's kind of the, uh, his uh, his whole thing is desiring God, which is uh, the word that he got, in, in, the phrase he got into a lot of trouble for was uh, Christian hedonism, oh, yeah. which a hedonist is somebody who just is always looking for pleasure all the time. And John Piper's whole thing was joy and enjoyment and pleasure are not antithetical to the Christian experience. In mm-hmm. fact, they are they are one and the same if that Christian experience is rooted in Christ. So mm-hmm. the whole phrase that he uses is God is most glorified in us when I am most satisfied in him. Mm-hmm. So, And that's rooted in this idea that I don't just follow God because I get good things from God. Mm. And we use this example with the girls this week because we're trying to show them what it means to obey God as God. We obey God, bottom line, as parents, and we teach our children this. We obey God, bottom line, because he is God, and we're not. Uh, we don't obey God because we think we'll get good things from God, right? We use the example of if you had a good friend, talking to Dell and Emmy, if you have a good friend and you say, oh, I love being your friend, but really I, I just want to go play in your pool. I just want to play with your toys. I just want to go over and see your, the kittens that you have. You're not actually a friend to that person. You're just using that person. And so we can try to use God in the same way. And so we say that your greatest enjoyment is always going to be found in aligning yourself with God's law, with his command, with his Mm -hmm. his morality. And that means obeying his command and obeying what the parents who are rooting our discipline in those commands. Right. So ideally, like our firstborn, Della, she's going to be nine in December. In 10 years... You know, our hope is that when we say, what do you trust us? What is your, what is our, our role as your parent to maximize your joy? She's going to have all these years of experiences, of conversations, of relationship to be able to look back on and to, Mm -hmm. to like put her weight in and not just this fly by the moment of, well, they just care about the moment and they're just trying to like make it happy. There's a depth, there's a trust, there's an assurance there's, you know, kind of some boundaries in place. Um, and we're teaching her that those are good things, that these there's yeah. this teaching and training that is happening in the Lord. And so as they get older, we also, well, again, we won't need to draw those lines as clearly because ideally those things that we've been teaching and training them in, they will be able to draw those lines with whatever they're facing 
and mm. go to Jesus and be able to see kind of the clarity, go, you know, pray, read their scriptures and, and work through that struggle or whatever it is they're facing at that moment. That's good. And by rooting it in the truest joy that can be mm-hmm. ex- experienced by man, and that is joy that is found in communion with God, um, you are giving them a context for which to refuse things that aren't mm-hmm. going to lead to that type of flourishing. So, for example, kids are hedonists. Like they, <laughs> the, We're all hedonists, right? Yeah. But kids are especially good at just wanting what they want because they're driven by appetite. And that's a wonderful thing. They're driven by curiosity. They're driven by... Well, and they come out like that. Like they're yeah. just, there's not like this spiritual conversation you have with a one-month-old, right? Like they just need their, their physical needs right. are primary. And they start those start to become secondary, which is hard when you have a two or three year old because they're like, mm-hmm. I still feel like a baby. I still feel these needs. And we're like, you can feel those needs and be uncomfortable, but you don't need to let it rule the day or rule the household. Right. <laughs> and a clear example, and I'm sure most parents have dealt with this, is with screens or shows. Like our girls, they have shows they like to watch. And Netflix is set up. We don't actually have Netflix. We use our parents' account. Um, but all of them are set up to basically keep people engaged in the content yeah, they're created they to license keep you. the content yeah, that's absolutely. how they monetize your attention absolutely and so the kids will just keep going and going and going so we right. set timers because and they know like when it's over they come and ask us yeah we set timers they earn they can earn some screen mm-hmm. time through various things and this is you know i mean screens are for all ages but if but they, another conversation sorry let me finish that because okay. if they if we just let them they would go down and they would watch shows all day because it's easy it's really entertaining it requires no energy it requires no mental input it's what nathan our friend nathan and would call drool tech you're just completely consuming um but will happen what will happen is they will end the day feeling empty drained mm-hmm. feeling completely like they've just uh they've they've gorged themselves on entertainment and junk food and they're going to be emotionally just a yeah. wreck yeah and so as parents we know this and we go to them and we say we're limiting this and then when they complain which they don't always but when uh, they yeah. do we say what's our job yeah a job. We're not just doing this. We're not just stealing something away from you because we're just being mean. We're doing it because our job is to maximize your joy. So we're going to have dinner together. We're going to do family worship. We're going to read books together. <laughs> we're going to do things that we know will, will lead you to Christ. And just some encouragement, parents. This battle does not last forever. I mean, I think it takes on different forms, but I already hear. I think it lasts again, for, this I is not a... forever. <laughs> like on this side of glory. Okay, well, I was just going to brag about our children for a minute, but that's fine. And it could be the sign of another battle, right? Perfectionism and and, and just wanting to be right and do good. So self-righteousness, right? And so I already hear, you know, the echoes of my own voice in them where our middle is like, like they went with their grandma today and she's like, I told grandma I don't want to watch shows all day. You know, and and because there's more fun things to do. And, you know, our oldest is always like, I'd rather read or draw than than watch a show all day, you know. And so it's you kind of hear that rattling and you're kind of as a parent, I'm like, okay, awesome. I'm hearing this. But my questions are deeper. My questions are what's the heart issue or orientation in this? Um, So, yes, there is hope, I think, for uh, the hope is not just that they won't battle screens. The hope is that they will be able to self-control, use self-control and regulate yeah. Uh, wisely. So yes, I think screens will always be a battle. I agree with you, but I do think I see signs of growth in their self-control and their yeah. desire for things other than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, now just take this conversation and move it seven years into the future. And now we've got two teenagers, maybe even, I don't know, no, Lou will still be under 10. <laughs> uh, but the point is, is now they're going to be wanting screens in a different way. They're going to want the social media and the, you know, the mm-hmm. phones. I don't think we're going to allow it, but we're, who are we to say? I, 
I don't think we will. <laughs> Who are we to say? We're the parents. <laughs> uh, well, I just hear the parents that are listening or watching know, this. They're sorry. saying, you don't know yet. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll give you that. You're nice. We're going to do our yeah. best. Um, I don't know what good would come of it. Um, but the, the, the fights are always going to be there. Sure. So, for yeah. instance, if you don't have this foundation of God's word is important, it's authoritative, it tells us how to live our lives, we conform to it, and this is who we are as people. Right. It's not just something we do, it's who we are. It's a good place to start if you don't know what your role is as a parent. And if that is not in their guts, it's going to be a fight because you're going to be having to explain reasons why you're saying no without having the foundations for the no, without having the foundations for the promises of God. So here's an example. Um, hookup culture is alive and well among teenagers, among college kids, even mm-hmm. among young, young professionals, adults, yeah. young adults. It's alive and well. The apps like Tinder and the what and the what and the who's and the who, whatever they're called. <laughs> they, you know, the, the swipe left, swipe right, you know, let's go hook up. Don't even say anything. Just physical, carnal. Those, that culture is alive and well. And that culture is telling kids, like, this is the way to uh, belong and, and, and find your, I guess, sexuality in mm-hmm. this, you know, as a, it's, it's popular. It's, it's, they'll say it's quote unquote good. It's right. A study just came out. Okay, this is a study. Maybe we'll talk about this on the marriage side. I don't know. But here's the headline. It's hilarious. Devout religious followers have better sex lives. Colon. Shocking study. <laughs> <laughs> and it talks about this, uh, a new study that was published by the Journal of Sex Research. I looked at it briefly. And basically their findings are that people who are devout, devoutly religious. Now, in, in the West, in the U.S., that's going to be largely Christian, mm-hmm. some sort of Christian denomination. And they would include Catholic in that description. Um, they have they report having more satisfaction in their sex life. Okay, that that's not a surprise to people who are yeah. accustomed to seeing the world through a biblical lens, right? Because God says, "Do not awaken love before it's time." It says, uh, "What what man's brought together, let or what God has brought together, let man right. not separate." That and we trust God's word, so we obey God's word. And that covenantal love is giving, and yes. and, and love is different in all these ways from what the world would say well to a young to a teenager who you're saying do not engage in premarital sex Mm -hmm. they look at you and say i don't see all my friends are doing it they all say it's great they're all laughing about it i'm not included i feel like i'm missing out on something why shouldn't i Mm -hmm. and that's where my hope would be you could look your kids in the eye and they know you love them and you say do you trust me my, my job is to maximize your joy. Mm-hmm. And the way I do that is by pointing you to the things of God because he is the one that we must obey. He's the one that we worship. He's, he is who we are right. in that sense. And he is the ultimate joy. He is where we find our identity and our joy. Mm-hmm. He is who we find it in. Yeah. And studies like this bear that out is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say is that, okay, so it's actually true that even though you're foregoing the, the thing you want today, mm-hmm. we're here to tell you that that thing is not going to maximize your joy. Instead, what's going to maximize your joy is conforming to a biblical worldview yeah, and living according to God's, God's way. Right. Um, so I don't know if you want to go through any of this stuff, this other stuff that we have in the rundown. That I mean, I just, know. I think it's important for parents to ask themselves and to talk about how do you communicate your job uh, as a parent to your children? I mean, do you just Hmm. emulate like I'm a maid, I'm a question. cook, I'm a housekeeper. And I, I mean, these are all responsibilities of parents, right? We all wear different hats, but what is your job? What, in other words, what will the Lord hold you accountable for uh, hmm. when it comes to parenting? Yes, meals are important, a clean and orderly home, all good things. Um, but we, I heard, <laughs> I heard a husband say this at um, the co- marriage conference we went to. 
Uh, he talked about housekeeping versus heartkeeping. You know, all these things are good meals and having a clean home. But if housekeeping is the aim rather than heartkeeping, mm. then you might not be communicating and living into the role of parent uh, like you should be. Right. And when I say should, it, it's it's how God has asked us to, to live right. uh, for him. You know, our three core tenets here at Fierce Parenting, our children are a blessing, family is God's idea, and all of parenting is discipleship. So parent, as a disciple of disciples, discipler yeah. of disciples, maybe that's better. How are you approaching and treating this role and relationship? If we're constantly relinquishing this role of parent to someone else, uh, and just trying to appease our children, right? A parenting style of just like trying not to, not having to face some of the hard things and deal with them. Guess what? You're made to do hard things and you can totally do them. And just because they're hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. Speaking to myself. Um, if we're not providing clarity around our role as a parent, then we really are doing our kids a disservice. We're not instilling any assurance or safety for them. Uh, we're not showing them the steadfastness of Christ and his love and his goodness. Uh, we are, we are we're not rooting our turning, they're, they're not, they're not rooted yeah. In the things of God, they are out now facing outwards, searching for something to grab a hold of because nothing is steady. Nothing is steady underneath them. They can't trust their parents. They can't yeah. um, fall into their arms when the world feels like it's crumbling around them, right? Of course, there are a lot of factors at play, and that, that's why there discipleship are. is, I mean, there that's are. why the tenants are what they are. When parents view their children as a blessing, there's a relationship that ensues. Right. When they see family as God's idea, there is a responsibility right. infrastructure that comes with that. And when they see every moment of parenting as discipleship, that to me is a distill, has a distilling effect on the decision making of a, of a parent. And so, I, I love I love this way of doing it. Obviously, I, I, we love it because that's what we do. But it just it makes it simple, and it's always it's not just a reminder to them; it's a reminder to me that right. I'm not just saying no. Like you can argue, child, you can push back, right. but I know that what I'm doing is not just because I'm being mean to you. I'm trying to interrupt your life. Or I'm trying, trying to, to be, control control like, you, take away your. It's fun. a deeper anchor. And it gives us, I think, more, um, at least for me, it kind of takes the emotions out of it, right? Like, I don't mm -hmm. have to get angry for saying no a thousand times, although, yes, it does get slightly frustrating to repeat yourself. Yeah. But... I mean, you've heard us say this. Our youngest is, she. she's very persistent, she's and very she spends a lot too, of time yeah. in timeout. <laughs> and I go in there, so, okay, if you argue again, you're going to have to have a timeout. And then she'll argue, okay, please go timeout. I don't want it. And she'll whine and whine. Okay, you're And she'll cry for the other parent. <laughs> It's gonna get longer, and and so she knows that if she she goes into timeout, like yeah. it's only gonna get worse if I keep raising a, a a fuss. And so I'll go in there and say, "Why are you having a timeout?" Because you need to learn to hear the voice of your mother and father, as if you are hearing the voice of God. Now, what I mean by that is, we are His representatives in your life right now. Like you, you yes, in a sense, you know God in ways that probably we've forgotten since we've <laughs> grown up. But I'm here. My job is to is to be His representative to you to show you who he is, his character. God doesn't argue with us. Like <laughs> God has his way of, of yes, we have he is patient with we, us. Abraham, you know, pleaded with God on behalf of Lot. There is that sense in which God is willing to go back and forth. But there's a, there's in in one very real sense like God said it and it is. And yeah. so we need to hear his voice and respond to his voice as sheep responding to the voice of the shepherd whom mm -hmm. they know and the shepherd whom lo who loves them. And so that's that's what gives it context. It's like I'm not just putting you in timeout, right? Because you're annoying. I'm putting or you in timeout. You time made a mistake, or yeah. right? But instead, we're trying it's, to it's to maximize your joy by showing you how to respond to the, right. And we're trying to teach them at their age and stage something a way that they can understand. So, in closing, um, I think if you simply just cannot answer 
this question straightforward, what is your job as a parent, then we would encourage you and your spouse to set aside some time to prayerfully seek out what that means to you and how you can articulate that to your children, to each other, Mm. um, and maybe even write that down of the depth of what that means. So go to scriptures. Be reminded of your deeper eternal work in the role of parent because there is goodness, depth, beauty, and joy to be had when you step fully into this role and you deal with the hardships that have to come. Uh, the second thing would be to equip yourself. Again, prayer, scriptures, daily. Uh, grab a gospel-filled parenting book. There's plenty of them out there. Parenting by t- uh, Paul Tripp, yeah. M is for Mama by Halberstadt, Why Children Matter by Doug Wilson. There really is not an excuse to not invest in yourself as a parent and equip yourself uh, to be able to live out these mm-hmm. this role of parent um, to the to the glory of God. And then the third, of course, is don't do it alone. Um Get into Christian community, ideally through your church. Um, We've also found it through some of our homeschooling groups as well. But find a godly, Bible-believing parents who have been there and done that. Pick their brain. Like, appeal to their hearts. Find out what has worked for them or what has not and why. Um, Get some depth. And then find other friends who have crazy wild kids like you. Get them outside. Let them run and breathe deep while you and the other mom or you and the parents discuss scriptures, psalms, things that you've read, books that have encouraged you as a role, as your role of parent. So don't do it alone. Go to Jesus. Mm. And our final call to you. Yeah, go to Christ. Uh, Like we said, um, you know, we are most glorifying. We glorify God. or God is most glorified in us rather than we are most satisfied in Mm -hmm. him. And the way we're satisfied in him, I think, starts with seeing him mm-hmm. as God. Uh, when we see God as God, we see us as not God, and then we say, okay, I, I need him. Mm-hmm. I don't just need what he gives. I need him himself. Yeah. And that's the thing about the God of the Bible is that he didn't just say, I'm God, deal with it. He said, I'm God, and I'm in and among you, mm-hmm. and I'm making myself available to you through revelation, through his word, which is inscripturated right here in the Bible, but also through his incarnate word, which is Christ himself, who came, mm-hmm. lived a perfect life, died the death that we deserved, but didn't stay dead. He, he rose again unto the glory of the Father and unto the salvation of those who would believe, right? So if you don't, if you don't know Christ, like, you're always going to be wondering, like, what is this all about? You're going to mm-hmm. feel unsatisfied. You're not going to know what it means to have maximal joy. Mm-hmm. We want to invite you into the joy that it, that it is to be in Christ, to know him personally. And the way you do that, or one step in that path, I should say, is go to thenewsisgood.com. We set up a little website there to show you what it means to become a disciple of Christ. That'll lead you into a church and into a relationship with people who can walk alongside you. Amen. So That's we pray great. that you would do that. Jesus, thank you for this time. Hmm. Thank you for the glad burden it is to be parents, to love our children on your behalf, um, whether they're one month old or 30 years old. Lord, the gift of being parents is profound. So I pray for the people um, listening to this, watching this. I pray that you would embolden them in the call that it is to disciple their children, to maximize their joy by consistently pointing them to you, by showing them what it means to be obedient followers of your voice. Lord, I give them wisdom in that. And I give them unity as couples. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, this is season two of Fierce Parenting. I can't believe it. We made it a year. <laughs> it hasn't been easy, folks. It hasn't been easy. No. But God is gracious and he has sustained us this whole thing. So thank you for listening. If you would, you feel compelled, leave a comment, leave a rating in your podcasting app of choice. That means a ton to us. If you want to partner, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. We wouldn't be able to do this without our lovely, faithful patrons mm. who are many times thankless. So thank you, patrons, for all you do. Amen. We love you very much. This episode of Fierce Parenting is... In the can. 
See you again in about seven days. Till next time. Stay fierce.